Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Over the past few years, real estate has been a big topic of conversation. Should we buy, rent? Is it a buyer's market, a seller's market? Our guest this morning has all the answers for us. Tanya Eklund of the Tanya Eklund Group has been in real estate for 22 years, since she was 10. <laughs> she has led the number one team at Remax, Remax Real Estate Central for the past 20 years, and she's here to share with us her experience. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning, David. And good morning, Tara. Tara. Good morning, good morning. So since you were 10, hey? Wow. Yeah, totally. I know. It's amazing. They let me get licensed real young. <laughs> well, Tanya, you're obviously very passionate about what you do. I see you out in the community all over the place. What do you love about real estate? In it for 22 years, you, you must really love it. Now, my answer would be different than it was 22 years ago. Um, now, it provides me um, balance and freedom in my life um, because of the way I've set up my business. So, I started when I was 20 and... Um, it was a very different world. We didn't have technology. Um, the way we got leads was very different. And so if you had asked me 22 years ago, I, I probably didn't love what I did for the first five years. It was very difficult. A lot of doors slammed, a lot of hung, uh, phone, you know, hung up, hang ups. And so, um, and I think it's, you know, the progression of, of a career and it was something that I st- you know, stuck with. And um, now that I have a family and two young girls, um, it does provide me a certain element of freedom. Um, We travel a lot. I do the things that bring me joy in my life, which are, you know, my workouts and and making sure that I feel good mentally, physically, emotionally. And so um, the things that I like about it now are from a day to day would be interacting with my team, interacting with my clients. I'm primarily a listing agent. So uh, the majority of the business I do is just representing sellers now. And so that takes a big load off. Um, I had leased a vehicle, I think in my fifth or sixth year, and I put on 31,000 kilometers in one year. And now I put on 18,000 kilometers. <laughs> um, and so, you know, my business has just evolved. And so I would say the people are still number one because without the people, I wouldn't have my career. And, um, and then just the balance and the freedom that it allows me to have in my life. Daniel, let's go 22 years back. Oh, yes. And um, since you shared with me a little bit of that story a few years ago, um, and we try to kind of encourage people to take steps forward when they think about becoming an entrepreneur, share how you started. Well, I call myself kind of an accidental realtor. I was on my way to believing that I wanted to be a lawyer in university at U of A, and I dropped out of university after I believe the third year and real estate presented itself. And so it was kind of just this kind of maybe short-term pit stop that I planned on taking to, to give myself a break from real estate or sorry, from university. And um, the climate back in 2000 was technology, like Facebook was not a thing. Instagram was not a thing. Snapchat was not a thing. I mean, that wasn't even kind of at the forefront. Um, and so I was, the, I think, one of the first realtors in my office to even have a website. And I wish I could show it to you because it was <laughs> just so novice and so hilarious. I remember it. Um, and so, you know, I'd have to go into the office every day and I'd have to cold call. I moved here not knowing anyone. I had no sphere of influence. I did have some family, but family doesn't want to do business with you just because you're a realtor. You know, you need some, yeah, and you're 20 years old. 
And so, you know, um, cold calling, door knocking, um, I, I mean, I had university debt. So at that point I, I didn't even have a coach. I talked to a lot of people. I, um, advertised people's listings. Um, and so it was, um, probably not until year five or six where I kind of, I finally felt like, oh, okay, I'm not in this rat race. Like I'm not having to cold call a hundred people a week and get sworn at and, you know, uh, doors slammed in my faces, which by the way, did happen on both of those cases. <laughs> and so I, I think what it gave me is it did give me a little bit of grit. Um, I grew up in a small town, um, you know, very middle-class in a farming community out on an acreage. My grand, my grandparents were farmers. And so I really wasn't, um, I didn't, I didn't grow up in the city and Calgary was so big and there were so many people. And I think I came into it with a lot of naivety thinking that, you know, adults are up here, you know, they, they don't do bad things. They don't make mistakes and I'm to look up to them. And so I really, it was like the school of hard knocks, you know, and everything that I learned was out in the field, so to speak. There's no, there, I mean, there's books now on entrepreneurship. There wasn't then. That wasn't even a word. Um, but I, I think that the real life lessons are learned out in the field by making mistakes and learning from those mistakes and, you know, meeting people. I, I, I'm a firm believer that it is what you know, but it is also your connections with people. And if you are likable and you are hardworking and you um, have a passion for what you do, I think that that will kind of just cast through your day-to-day work. So you didn't have the passion when you started, but you were hustling and working I had hard. the grit. Yes. Yeah. And are you still on a break from university? <laughs> no, not on a, a permanent sabbatical. <laughs> We're with Tanya Eklund, the Tanya Eklund group. We're talking all things real estate. So if there's a young person uh, or a parent listening right now and, and they have a little bit of interest in getting into real estate, how would you guide them? What would that conversation look like for you? I would tell them to talk to three or four realtors, maybe people that are on their own, someone on a team. I'd also have them decide whether they want commercial or residential. Um, you know, commercial is a very different duck, as you know, David. And, you know, it is a more Monday to Friday, nine to five. You know, it is a more business hours. I'm not saying business doesn't occur outside of those hours. It's also business to business yes. versus, versus emotional. That's sale. right. Yeah, exactly. Very good point. And um, I think that both have, you know, redeeming features and both have cons to them. And so I'd encourage anybody um, thinking of getting into it to decide what field of real estate. Do they want to go into residential purchasing or office leasing or office, you know, um, businesses or industrial? I mean, there's so many formats of real estate out there and ask questions, meet with people, ask them the pros and cons, understand the cost of getting started. Um you know, I, I think being so young had pros and cons. I was very naive. I didn't know a lot. And so if someone said, you know, you have to cold call a hundred people a week, I'd be like, okay, now as an adult, I'd probably have a lot more questions. Well, what is that going to get me? How am I going to benefit? Um, and so I, yeah, I think that I would meet with people and ask a lot of questions and decide, you know, what type of real estate would be great for me? Do I want to do this on my own? There are benefits to being on a team. You have camaraderie, you have, um, mentorship, which is, I'm a huge, um, companion for mentorship. And so there's, yeah, I, I think meeting people and asking questions. 
And uh, you're also a member of EO. I am. And uh, you've been, uh, I would say, an ambassador of EO. Yes. Every time we meet, you talk about EO and your experiences in EO, mm-hmm. entrepreneur organizations, for those who don't know. Um, and, you know, I've been a member of tech. What do you see as a benefit for an entrepreneur to be in any organization of the, that kind, whether it's EO, tech, McKay, whether, and probably there are others? Yes. Well, I think that there's a few types of coaching and mentorship. There's where you hire a coach and you pay them an hourly fee. And then there's peer-to-peer mentorship. And I have both. And so I benefit from both and they both offer me different things. I have a business coach. I have an emotional intelligence coach. I have a physical trainer coach. And then I have my EO forum. So what EO does is we meet once a month. When do you work? (laughs) <laughs> when I'm not parenting, David, <laughs> and traveling. Um, but e- what EO offers me is a peer-to-peer mentorship. And so you're in a room. Our forum has nine. I've been in that forum for, I think, 10 or 11 years now. I can't even. And, you know, this, the core of us are still there. And so it's um, instead of having somebody that is like a coach, it's more about experience sharing. Um, and we're not always the best of it. We best at it. We have something called gestalt, which means you can't give somebody advice. You have to experience share. I'm the only women amongst all of the men in my group. So, um, we don't always honor that system, but it is a really beautiful way to learn from others. And all of the other businesses in my forum are very different than mine. And that is kind of the rule. You don't have two realtors in one group or, you know, that type of thing. And so, um, I've been in it that long that I get something from it. And so um, peer-to-peer mentorship, I would say. And, you know, sometimes we don't want to go home and talk to our spouses about the issues in our businesses. We want to spend time with our families and we want to focus on the things that, um, you know, bring us joy. And so this is um, kind of an area that you can do that and it's very safe. I hope my wife listens because sometimes I have this discussion. I don't want to talk about work when I get home. Yeah, it's true. It is true. That's you've lived it all day long, and you want to separate, right? Yeah, when you get home. all day, thirty three hundred sixty five days, twenty four hours. We we kind of leave our work. Yeah, you just want to go home and love on Zohar. Exactly. But they want to be involved in your work life too. So. Yeah, there's a balance. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Our guest this morning is Tanya Ackland from the Tanya Ackland Group, and we have to take a commercial break. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. We're back with Tanya Eklund from the Tanya Eklund Group. Okay, I think it's time to start talking about what the market looks like for Mm. real estate in Calgary. So what are you seeing right now? What are the trends? Well, in the first quarter of the year, I called it the FOMO period, which was the fear of missing out. And so we had very low inventory and insane demand. I've never experienced a market like that in 22 years. So Mm. it was, you know... 50 showings in three days, offers are presented at this day and time. And your clients would say, so what should we offer? And I, my, my go-to was, well, we know it's going to sell for at least 10% over list based on there being 22 offers. So if you see it sell, what price would you be upset that you didn't pay for it? And that is how I would instruct my buyers. 
we are not in that market anymore. Um, it is a much more balanced market. We are starting to see price reductions again. Average days on market is increasing. Uh, sales to list price ratio is declining. I mean, there was a time there where detached homes were selling 103% of list price. So that is just a very different market. It is still technically a seller's market um, based on our absorption rate. So a healthy absorption rate in Calgary is around three and a half months. Um, and now we're, we're hovering around two months. So still very low inventory. And is it all as a result of the interest rate hike? So this is the really bit, the big debate. And I'll give you my theory on this. Perfect. So uh, the, the, the media loves doom and gloom. And um, what we forget, I know it's so, it's so funny. (laughs) Nobody told me. (laughs) Yeah, nobody told you. So this is my hypothesis is that every year, if you look at the stats, June, July, and August slowed down. What month are we in, David? We're in the month that I'm getting older. (laughs) (laughs) We are in the summer month. Well, we're almost in your birthday month, but we are still in those slower months. And so year over year, September, October, and November pick up. I believe it's a mixture. Um, The other thing that I'm noticing is a lot of people are taking their trips that they didn't take for two years, especially over to Europe. Um, And so we have a lot of people gone. People don't like to list their homes when they're not here and they can't be present. So I do believe that in September, we are going to see a pickup again. Now, interest rates will have some type of impact, but I don't believe in Calgary specific, it's going to be the impact that the government is scaring us with. And a lot of people don't know this, but the fixed rate actually has gone down. We just don't talk about that. I, I um, had a chat with, you know, my mortgage broker last night. So um, I believe that with huge net migration into Alberta, specifically into Calgary, mostly from Ontario and BC, um, and, and a mix of uh, a very healthy employment um, and I believe that we're going to come out of this quite well. Now, could we see some decline? Yes, we could. But the average detached home, you know, also went up like 13% this year over last. So if it drops four or five, does it really matter? Um, and I can say that, you know, um, I'm a homeowner, you know, but your home is worth what it's worth at the time that you sell. And so I'm still very, uh, fairly bullish for, for Calgary. And I think that if we see a little bit of a correction, um, that might not be a bad thing. Is there a certain price? Sorry, David. Is there a certain price level that you're seeing more movement or less movement? Yeah. So I trade a lot in the luxury market, but what I'm also noticing talking to colleagues is the under 600 detached is still very strong because that is the first time home buyer coming into the detached market and there isn't a lot of product available. Uh, but surprisingly, the other market that's doing very well is the one to three million. Um, because there is not a lot of product and a lot of people are still locked into an interest rate that's quite reasonable and they want to make that move before, you know, the fear of interest rates continuing to rise. And we do not have a lot of great product on the market. I want to move now from real estate. Real estate is, you know, I deal with it every day. Yeah, no, fair. Worrying <laughs> Let's talk about podcast. Let's talk about uh, your podcast. And, and yes. I wanted to ask you if that was what prompts you to do your post podcast and Tara, you can explain what's going on here. Um, David just handed Tanya a gift. And so she's now, uh, I'll do a play by play. She's now opening it up this gift and it looks like it's a picture frame. 
Ah. So four years ago, my first radio show, my first guest was Tanya Eklund. Oh, my gosh. And that's the only uh, picture that we had her eyes kind of look at me and not up, <laughs> down, closed. <laughs> that's a great picture. That's a so, great picture. So th- let's talk about your podcast. Well, first of all, thank you for the picture of us. That's lovely. Um, so I started the VOW. So the VOW stands for Voice of Women. And it's about empowering women through the sharing of real life stories. And when it first, I think we're in, I think we've just done our almost 80th, we've taped our 80th episode. We haven't released them all yet. Um, And I, at the beginning, it was just about women and their stories. And there was a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, It was a podcast where, you know, women would come on, talk about their business. And then I'd get, you know, really positive feedback about Tanya. You know, we had 15 people call in today. And that I I was so happy that, you know, we could learn about them and their struggles and building their business. But I realized about three or four months ago that my passion had shifted. And I believe that in order to do something well, it is something that you should likely be passionate about. And I really have taken the vow into more of a human interest um, podcast. So it's still women, it's still empowering women. And so we have had guests like um, uh, Fania Wadro. She was a Holocaust survivor that's in Calgary, that's 94, that escaped um, her ghetto in her hometown in Poland and were rescued by the Russians after she lived in a forest for many, many months. And um, her story is just very, very powerful about, you know, what the human soul is capable of. And she's just this beautiful woman. I have developed a friendship with her and just think a lot of her. And so we've had a woman um, struggle with addiction. We've had a Syrian refugee. And so these are really stories that speak to the heart. And I think that um, when people listen to them, it does something to them. Um, we just had Jody Tilly on, who is a, a, an entrepreneur, a mother, and is is battling cancer. And and you know, I sat with Jody. It was the longest podcast. It was an hour and a half. And you know, her and I were ended up in tears multiple times. And that changed me that day. Like I walked out of my office and I, I can't even tell you what it did, but it just, um, it opened up my heart and my soul. And so I've changed the podcast direction because it's something that I'm more passionate about. And I believe there's so many human interest stories out there that need to be heard. Not, not men, just Women? Well, it is. It is I called the voice ago, of women. I, I applied to work for her, <laughs> but it's only women. She won't hire men. What about equality? What about uh, Tara? You might be the first. You might be the first. Just for our listeners, I am not against hiring a man. <laughs> I've had men on my team. They've just never worked out. <laughs> Do you have all women on your all team? All women. How, nine uh, women. Nine women. Yeah. And so tell me how you manage that as a female leader. You know what? Um, so over COVID, there was a lot of time to reflect and grow. And so I took that opportunity and used that to bring in a business coach, um, an emotional intelligence coach who really worked with my team. I think being all women has challenges, you know, certain times a month, we're a little owly, you know? Um, and so we, but we laugh, we cry, and there's something there that, you know, if it was a mixed office of men and women, we may not be able to share some of those things or have some of those moments. Um, so I think coaching has really helped all of us. Um, and it's, I've, yeah, I just, I love it. And I think they love it. Um, but yeah, I've, I have hired men in the past. It just, you know, <laughs> they didn't want to talk about the time of the month. Yeah. David, would you? Yeah, I cry. I cried, <laughs> I cried when my team won the championship. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> but I love that. And you, and you also support uh, women in your personal life with yes. uh, your community initiatives. Like, tell us about how you're involved in the community as well. Yeah. So um, I grew up in a very, um, like, my parents were servants in the community. My dad was a minister. He and Both my parents were nurses. So I came from a, a family that served people on a daily basis. And so I think that was ingrained in me at a small age or young age. And um, so I... I, what I say to people is there's, it's always like people can always have excuses about, I can't give back. And sometimes giving is financial and sometimes giving is time. And so before I started my real estate career and saw some success, I had a lot of time on my hands. I mean, there were days where you, you know, you hear a pin drop, there was nothing to do. And so I really gave of my time. I got involved in the community um, through a couple of different organizations, a couple times a week I volunteered. And then as my business started to grow and I had a family, I had to really pull back from those because I had to decide, okay, am I going to spend time raising my children on the evenings and weekends or am I going to give back to the community? And then I was able to not give of my time, but give of my finances. And so I think that there's a reason, uh, a season and a time, so to speak, of, of how you give, if it's of time or finance. And I think, you know, when my kids are at a university and maybe I step back a little bit, I can do both. Um, and now, so now I'm just more of a donor than my time. And I'm really the, the non-for-profits that I'm really passionate about are Woods Homes and, um, my, my private banker, Kata Atchison, uh, she kind of got me involved with Woods. She invited me to their amazing gala every year. And then I was hooked. So thanks Kata. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they've been near and dear to my heart. And then Subi, um, Subi means hope in the Ugandan native tongue. And uh, Philip is my personal trainer and Philip is in Uganda right now and they've just built another school. And uh, so I'm um, a donor to Subi as well. Thank you, Tanya. Our guest this morning was Tanya Ackland from the Tanya Ackland Group. It was a pleasure having you with us. Thank you, David. Thank you, Tara. Thank you. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges.